When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Velvet Machete Leadership Podcast. Become a confident, compassionate leader while sharpening your brand from the inside out. It's time to gear up to learn from expert guests and your host, Amber Hurdle. Welcome back to the Velvet Machete Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and we have a really interesting guest today. And I always say I'm excited about my guests because you know I'm very protective of you as a listener or a viewer, if you're watching on YouTube, but I, I just got done telling today's guest that I was so interested in having him on the show because he looks at things differently. And I think that from a scientific approach, which, you know, we love combining science and branding at Amber Hurdle Consulting. Um, I think you'll be compelled to look at how you lead differently and how, um, how things work differently in leadership in your organization. So let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Larry Olson is passionate about providing individuals and teams quick, actionable guidance on how to break ingrained, ineffective habits. They did not even know they were holding them back. And I think we all experienced this during COVID. He's an international speaker and author, a podcast host. So be sure to check that out. We'll talk about that um, a little bit later and an executive coach. And he has had years of experience working with fortune 50 companies, championship teams, and entrepreneurs on establishing their vision and their sense of purpose. Larry is passionate about providing individuals quick actionable guidance on how to break ingrained ineffective habits. I think I just said that, but I'm going to repeat it because that's the important part that they did not even know we're holding them back and you don't even know are holding you back. And his best-selling book, Get a Vision and Live It, is helping people learn how to change their attitudes to align with their visions. We will definitely link to that in the show notes. Larry, welcome to the show. Well, Amber, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Well, so I want to dive right into it because you're, you're achievements-based. You are all about um, performance-driven neurology. And so when we're thinking about that, I'm sure to some people that's a little bit scary to be like, what is all the science stuff that he's talking about? But nerds like me, I'm like, tell me more. So can you <laughs> unpack that for us a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the science part of uh, getting people to shift from the current perspective that they have, which more often than not, no matter how successful they are, is quite limiting relative to what we're capable of. And we've all heard that a thousand times. But when people begin to understand how they think and how thinking affects performance, and they get into the science just enough not to have your eyes glaze over, but enough science to say to self, I can't believe that I have been looking at things this way, or looking at Jill this way, or looking at my boss this way. And the same thing goes into leadership. We are pretty much brought out of the womb as a blank slate regarding attitudes. Attitudes are learned behaviors. Uh, 
And genetics plays about 18% of who we are. So we deal with the other 82%, which are attitudes. And attitudes, Amber, any idea on what percentage of your performance is driven by attitude? I'm going to say 80% to just stick to the standard. <laughs> there you go. It's actually 100%. Wow. It, it doesn't kind of affect performance. It dominates it. And attitudes are subconscious. So consciously, we're not aware of it. We actually see, actually believe, excuse me, we see the truth. So when, when we recognize someone coming in late for a meeting, someone's getting an attitude about that. And typically, it's the ones that are punctual or the ones that are there before the thing starts. And how long does it take to create an attitude to get that belief in our mind that Marvin was late again? And with most people, all it takes is one time being late. So once this gets into the neurology of our brain, it's dendritically imprinted um, because we are designed to make sure that we continue to survive, if you will. And mm -hmm. in order to do that, we have to pay attention to everything that could be limiting in our life. And a lot of that has to do with the amygdala, the reptilian brain, and we know it as the fight, flight, freeze. But it's really quite wonderful because it's assuring us that the next time I see Marv, I'll be ready for him to be late. Because any information, and it, it goes beyond just hearing something in the jungle and you hear a little bit of a break in a, a limb, you have such acute hearing because you recognize that that could be your life. And if you don't pay attention to that, you know, others will go, geez, I don't want to be eaten like Larry just was. So we'll learn from others, if not from ourselves. And we do that constantly during meetings, after meetings, we have meetings about the meeting. We are trying to understand the world how. Not necessarily as the organization sees it, which is vision and what they're attempting to accomplish, accomplish through the utilization of all its associates. But we are seeing the world through our own understanding based on our experiences, our education, and all of those things that have been stored neurologically in the cell of our brain, never to be lost and never be forgotten. And here's what's really fascinating. 99% of people, Amber, think about what's ever on their mind and less than 1% know how they think. Mm. And the difference is huge in performance. So when, see, check this out. Now that you know Marv's late, how come? Because he was late for a meeting. What happens to everyone when Marv shows up on time? Somebody gets sarcastic. What, that you is watch the truth. Me, right? Yeah. Or even if we don't verbalize it, we go, yeah, that's, that's odd. Now, here's what's interesting. We had to allow light, the reflection of, which are through the light waves into our eye, and then we we've interpreted it through not what Marv is capable of, but what we witnessed about Marv. And then we understood it or judged it based on what our understanding and belief is about whatever that topic happens to be. And by the time a child is 10 years of age, they have over 100,000 attitudes, all which are learned behavior. 
Wow. Okay, a predetermined, re predetermined result to a given stimuli is a psychological definition of an attitude. Something happens and I react. Something happens and I react. That's why they say people spend 95% of their day unconscious. All they're doing is reacting on how did I handle it last time. Unless something, we cause a timeout, we're asked a question, we have to rethink something, somebody else wants it to go a little different direction. And all of those things cause us to have to think, which slows down the decision-making process, interestingly enough. And we don't like to slow anything down. So you can see now, though, that now that I've made my mind up about this guy, how many he sold last week, um, the conversation I had before he left last night, um, that I can expect from Amber high performance. So whenever Amber slows down a little bit, you know, I realize there's probably something going on in her life because she's a high performer. But if I see Brian is not so much a high performer and I'm not an idiot, because like I, I get this all off the evidence that I've received, then I, he slows down and I realize, oh, there he goes again, lost, he's lost to focus. Some, I gotta get into it, we have to have another conversation. Now, how many layers does an organization have? So interestingly enough, they don't get a lot of the truth about actually how people are believing in their own mind about what's possible for them within the organization, within the family, within the relationship. It doesn't matter what it is. So why don't we change our mind since the mind was made up about him being late by seeing the evidence, now we just saw new evidence from him, which is punctuality. Why don't we believe it? Because we've already ingrained that into our, our belief system, and that's what we're going with to protect us. Yeah, absolutely. And every time we see him, he just reminds us of our belief. He doesn't create a new one. He just reminds us of our belief. And everybody that hires anybody hires a ton of beliefs. So this, I've, I mean, I've just formulated 38 questions in my mind. <laughs> and I'm like staying in the game with you, but I'm like, ooh, I wonder. So I might not get to all okay. of them. Because, no, that's okay. That was but, kind of a drink out of a fire hose. I realized oh, that. I love it. That's my style. I always okay. warn everybody. I'm like, listen, brevity is not my spiritual gift. So just hang on. Um, <laughs> So, except for when I'm on stage and I have 60 minutes that I'm forced to. So right. my first question is you, you talked about how we observe other people's behavior and then we create beliefs about them. My first thought was, okay, well, what about my observing self and I'm observing my behavior and what beliefs are that for? Does it work the same for us as observing ourselves? We believe a certain thing about ourselves, and then that restricts us in how we move forward? You bet. We have as many attitudes about ourselves as we do about anybody else. We have more because we've been with ourselves all these years. And you, you know, a lot of people go with it. How do you change then? If you're going to continually be driven by these beliefs, you know, how many times does Marv have to be on time? Now, something else to think about when the people get sarcastic with Marv, who just busted to get there. He didn't even have breakfast and that's his favorite meal because darn it, I'm going to be on time. And then he gets sarcasm. Instead of celebrated. Exactly. Instead of, hey, Marv, I can't tell you how much that means to me. You were such an integral part of our success. The team just loves you. And when, you, when you're here ready to roll, we just, we just, we're amazing. 
that you, leaders know intuitively that you reinforce the behaviors you want. I mean, that's yeah. Skinnerian. I mean, that's old time psychology is reinforce what you want. Then why do we reinforce bad behavior? Why do we even talk about it? Because it's a learned behavior. The first paper, Amber, we got back in school and we're little grade school kids had everything circled in red. We did wrong. Mm. So what are we learning how to do? Identify the gap, identify exactly. what's not right. Yeah. Then we can fix it. But what we don't take into effect is what does it do to the spirit, soul, morale of the individual who's receiving that feedback? You know, we know feedback's a breakfast of champions, right? I mean, that was Kurt Vonnegut. So feedback's really important. But tell me what you want. Don't be telling me what you don't want. Otherwise, that's what's going to be on my mind. And here's mm -hmm. how the brain works. Amber, whatever you do, follow my directions, not my words, okay? <laughs> and this is so important about it. Are you ready? Uh -huh. Don't think about a white dog with black ears in a red dog house. Don't think about that. Ah! I can't see it. <laughs> so why would we ever talk about what we don't want? And that's one of the integral elements that leaders have to learn. It has to become a learned behavior to overcome the other learned behavior was we won't get better if we don't focus on the gap, if we don't focus on the opportunity. I totally agree with that. But as we all know, everything's presentation. I mean, how do you get that message across is what's the difference between mediocrity and excellence is bringing out the best in others. And I challenge all leaders to help somebody get better and raise self-esteem. Absolutely. I have, I, I wrote a passage, if you will. And then I had, I designed it and then I sent it off to one of those canvas printing places. And part of it, it's in this house, we see each other, we celebrate individuality, blah, blah, blah. But there's a part in there that says, we speak about what we desire, not what, we, not what we fear or don't have. That's a really important piece of life for me. Oh, it's <laughs> Learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah. But, but you, this is what's key is you develop the awareness to, to find a replacement. See, you can't get rid of an old attitude or a belief. It's okay. in there. It'll yeah. be in there the rest of your life. So stop trying to change. Stop trying to change anybody. And this is what Get a Vision and Live It is all about, is what's, what outcome do you want? And when an organization articulates its outcome, that more often than not, they do it with a small group of individuals. Then they try to download it to the rest of the organization so everybody can buy into it. Oh, and mm -hmm. we've also got a purpose statement. So now that will really invigorate everyone. Everyone has to be involved in the creation of if we're going to get buy-in. And through those Gallup studies, we know how critical engagement is. Otherwise, we start believing that millennials will only be with us two or three years. Mm, that's so now true. What looking for. There, so, you know, you've heard of onboarding, haven't you, Amber? Of course, yes. You heard of offboarding? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Well, if they're going to leave, let's make it exciting for them. Uh, <laughs> you know, leave. Here's what we got for you when you 
leave? What are we putting in their head? I'm not going to hang around long. Yeah. And how much investment do we make in getting someone to become involved intrinsically to begin with? It's absolutely huge. So many things to unpack there as well. I, I guess my first question is if, if you're thinking of, um, you're coming at this from science. And so then we think about Carl Jung and his, his philosophy of the shadow self, and we project on others that which we don't like about ourselves. So where does that fit into? Cause now I'm, now I'm observing your behavior and then I have all of my learned behaviors and beliefs, and it could be partially, I have this belief because of the facts presented by you to me through your actions. But then I also have these, I don't like that I'm late all the time. So I'm going to find it in every, you know what I mean? Like, how does all that like go in a blender and come out? Well, it, again, it's what's your vision. I mean, how are you growing you? What, what, what self are you going to bring to the next moment? I mean, the higher version or the old one? And the old one may be really effective. It may be getting, you know, you $700,000 a year income. It may be getting you whatever. What, who cares? What difference does it make? And, and my philosophy is, are you having the time of your life right now? Mm -hmm. Are you really pumped about going on what's going on right now? And if you're not, that's where your awareness begins to take place. And in an organization, we talk about once we articulate what the most ultimate outcome would be and how we would all feel, which is very important to bring the emotional element into it. Then we talk about what's going on right now that could topple all of that. What's going on in the economy? What, what's going on and what kind of attitudes and habits would keep that from happening? And there where you find where the opportunities are to get rid of that because that's old behavior and replace it with behavior that's going to accomplish what you want. And that is called creating a new attitude. So you're going to react instantaneously because that's how fast we do. We receive information, as you know, at the speed of light through our eyes, seven and a half times around the earth in a second. We hear at 720,000 miles an hour at about 72 degrees at sea level, if you're flying that way. And our dendritic connections work at 10,000 miles an hour. So we see things, we make our mind up before we even consciously are aware that we made our mind up because we're relying on our subconscious to interpret every event that takes, care, takes place for us. And we've already told it how to react Marv's late. I don't care if he turned out up on time. You know, I, they must have paid him 50 bucks. Why don't they give me money for being on time? That dialogue. All that have. judgment. Yeah. And everybody knows the following. Okay. This is not new news, but I've been doing involved in this since the 70s. So it always kind of blows my mind when people go, oh, guess what? And I'm like, really? But I'm excited that they're starting to pick up on it. You and used a word, dun dundred something, some kind Dendrite. of connector. Okay, can you, what, is, what does that mean? What is Dendrite that? Dendrite connects neurons together. And, and that's, their, that's one form of communication between neurons. It's kind okay. of an electrical chemical orchestration that goes on in our brain so that you and I can continue to function and survive. 
what I help people do is thrive. Okay. Mm -hmm. We already know how to survive. And that is we have to make judgments. I have to feel comfortable about you or not. And you and I were kind of checking each other out in the beginning based on how our conversation and, you know, every other little element that comes into play from body language, you know, tone of voice, the whole nine yards. But that's another misnomer people have. They think body language and tone of voice is 90% of our communication and the rest are words. Not. (laughs) Tell us what it is then, because I've heard that statistic repeatedly. We, the average individual, Amber, beats up about 100 words to death a day. And every word sends a message. Well, every emotion, every frequency, every wavelength that we send because we are alive and we are vibrating, and that's science. That's and that's not, science. Right? My audience hears me beat that okay. dead horse. <laughs> average individual, before they open up their mouth to share one of those hundred words or more, sends over 250,000 messages. So this is where Emerson said, who you are, speak so loud. I can't even hear what you're saying. Mm, Yeah. Right. That's what we pick up. We call it a vibe or we call it intuition. We have all kinds of names for it, but it's just our natural physiology communicating to others. We're still a little archaic that we have to use words, but most of us don't. Most of us can raise an eyebrow and tell somebody how we feel about their idea. Mm-hmm. And even if they raise the eyebrow because the breakfast they had upset their stomach and I'm sharing the idea and witness that, how do you think I interpret that eye raise? So one of the most important elements before I take an organization on is everyone gets educated through my program called LIFE, which is an acronym for Lessons in the Fundamentals of Excellence. And it is a day and a half. And you would think people would fight that, organizations would fight that, but they recognize if we don't teach people how to change their own mind, then we're going to continue to try to change behavior. Mm -hmm. And behavior only follows the belief that's in the person's mind to begin with. So change the belief, you change performance. And that's where accelerated achievement comes into place through neurology is a person starts to see Marv now as someone who's on time. Now, when he shows up late, we go, Marv, what happened? Oh, I was late again. Yeah, I noticed that. Did your car break down? You know, did your alarm not go off? No, 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 no. It, uh, it went off. Well, what happened? Well, I just wasn't into it. How come? And then we start caring, don't we? Because people don't care what you know until they know that you care. So if you want to be heard, you better be demonstrating caring as a leader. Yeah. And that may throw your timing off with the next meeting you have, but it'll be better for Marv to find out and help him recognize his value because that's why he's being late. He's not being perceived as valuable in his mind based on the perception of others. Because it doesn't matter if I'm there on time or not, because what, oh. what difference does it make? I'm not valuable. You, yeah. know, you know, I'm only going to be able to sell 153 a week. And maybe I'm capable of 1500 a week. So How let's talk about that. that. 
Let's talk okay. about that shift because you you've you've outlined what is ideal in an organization. We get everyone to think about their mindset, their mind shift before we can talk about their behaviors. Um, you talked about how uh, how performance driven neurology scientifically works. We need some really big words that we'll put in the show notes. <laughs> and, um, so let's just, we'll use me as an example, if that's okay. okay. Um, okay. I, I had my first child when I was 16 years old, I was a high achieving student, um, president of this vice president of that was on channel four news at six and 10 for a week. Cause I was such a great kid, like fall right. from grace. Right. So, right. um, worked four jobs at one point, didn't, didn't sleep a couple nights a week. I mean, I know survival. Gotcha. I know it very well. Um, that's not to say I haven't accomplished remarkable things in life, but I haven't accomplished what I'm capable of. So if okay. I came to your organization and you wanted me to be a million dollar salesperson, what would you start zeroing in on with someone like me knowing my history? Why do you want to make a million dollars? No, you want me to make a million dollars. That's part of the job. Work. That's part of my goals that were set for me. Yeah, that's not going to work. Okay. I got, I got to find, you know, I think, Amber, I think you're capable of a million dollars. Um, what, what's your feeling about that? I me? would say, I mean, personally, I would say, um, well, why just a million? <laughs> yeah, well, I... You know, I don't want to limit you, but um, I just wanted to get a feel first off if that was even in your wheelhouse, a million dollars. You tell me how much you'd like to make because my job as a leader is one thing, and that's to create an environment where you can be successful. So if I don't know what that vision is of yours, then I might lead you in a different direction. I may limit you to a million dollars. Okay. You follow me? I totally follow you. Yeah. I want to know. I want you to tell me. If somebody says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell 50 this week, and a leader knows they average 10, a leader is going to go out of their way to talk the person out of it mm -hmm. because the leader's got to add all those up and send in their projection, which they're going to get bonused off of most in most organizations. And so instead of learning how to help the person get the 50, they'll get them to think, well, you, you average 10, you know, 15 wouldn't be a bad job. Mm -hmm. So you're limiting their beliefs by trying to put a safety net around them because you're afraid that they'll be disappointed because of your own limiting beliefs. Yeah, that would be a nice altruistic way. But the other one is, is I would be deprived of the bonus if I turn a number in that I don't think is realistic. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. That makes absolute sense. So now, what, go ahead. No, you go ahead. So, so the, the key is I've got a program called CEO, which is coaching excellence and others. It's something that I, that I bring in for in the leadership program within a company, because there's so many elements that have to come into play. If you are going to, and this is something that people kind of raise their eyebrows on a little bit, but I help, I help people and organizations do twice what they're doing now and half the time with twice the fun. Hired. And, <laughs> right? And so you brought up this whole thing that happened to you at 16, this, this, this 
this event that might not have been perceived by those people that you were attempting to show your talents to, your work ethic to, your leadership skills to, and that could have toppled the whole thing. You follow me? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about that unless you want to talk about that. And then I'm going to ask you about it and you're going to share why you wanted to share it. I'm, I'm not going to peel an onion that doesn't want to be peeled. And you have got to have enough confidence. And this is something that don't try this at home because people have to trust you in order to share with you. And if you've got a track record of being a driver, drivers don't always take time to care. And it doesn't mean they're not caring. They're Mm -hmm. tremendous human beings. It just takes time to care. Mm -hmm. And the belief is that I'll, if I sacrifice that time and spend it with you, then, God, I got a lot of you. Well, then you better now teach your people how to be teaching your people. And, and that is where an organization really prospers, is, mm-hmm. is everybody is talking about the vision. Everybody sees how they're going to accomplish what they want by accomplishing the vision. Nobody has told them that because that's the old way of selling. Amber, can you see how much better things would be if? Can, can you feel what it would be like if? Yes. Yeah. Making it, making it a reality as if that's what the, the reality was today painting that like we're, we're already there. It's just a matter of taking the steps to get there. Amen. And that's the title, get a vision and what? Live it. Don't Mm -hmm. goal set and wait for the future event to occur. Imagine as if it's already accomplished. And that's what you do with your people. Someone who's not a high performer, you got to start seeing them as a high performer Mm -hmm. because you'll treat them differently. Mm -hmm. You treat your high performers differently now. So how do you manage different personalities? Because you, you, you've shared a lot that makes perfect sense, but then my mind goes to, okay, well, there are some of us who are designed or wired, or maybe it's our, yeah. our life's experiences to be bigger risk takers, to yeah. move more proactively than reactively. And then there's people who, you know, every Tuesday's taco Tuesday, they take the same way home to work every day and, and they're yeah. not it's not they're opposed to change. It's just that when change happens, they want to like put some processes around it where I'm like, eh, we'll change it again tomorrow. It'll be fine. Yeah. You know, so how do you navigate that? Well, I don't do any testing in an organization. I, I don't not believe in it. I think I can help organizations be more successful with their testing. Mm-hmm. But what I do is I, it's the size of the vision, not that one's more of a driver than another. One just has a bigger vision than the other one. One's vision is to get home and enjoy the weekend. The other one is to, is to have a vacation home and to start their own business and to, I mean, they're, they're just, and that's going to drive them. I mean, that is what their intrinsic motivator is. Mm -hmm. So it's not about this person doesn't, wasn't born with over a hundred billion neurons. It's not about standard operating equipment. We're all designed to be friggin' amazing. But then what happens is we start listening to people. We start yeah. getting tests back. We start getting an array of, you know, a lot of information. We look at Ambers who are just rocking and rolling. And I'm, and I'm one of the ones that gets to vote for. 
and thinking, wouldn't it be cool if I was able to do that? But I can't because I'm but shy. Can. But you can. Of course you can. But you follow <laughs> Yeah. People don't know those beliefs are holding them back because they've never understood the science and the psychology. They just have been told they're better than that. We have to learn to change our mind. And then we're able to do it quickly. We're able to do it at any moment in time. And all a moment is, is information to how I can get closer to my vision without waiting for it. Without, Isn't that interesting? Without waiting without for waiting it. For it. I need to, how am I going to feel? How are you going to feel when you get where you want to be, Amber? Mm-hmm. Now, here's another mythology. If we celebrate too much, we'll lose our edge. Oh, I want to cuss right now. No, that's not true. <laughs> Bonk. Bonk. Golly. I'm like, this is a PG podcast. I can't say the yes. words. <laughs> if we don't celebrate, we'll burn everybody out. So, I mean, it's, it's just sh- people showing up at all is worth a celebration. And, and can gone? we just, I need to get on my soapbox on that for a second because okay. We, okay. we have... We have people at the, at the time of this recording, it's, it's July 2021, and, um, and we are still dealing with the ramifications of some of the stimulus packages that have kept some people who are capable of working at home for a variety of reasons, their choice. Um, and then what happens is people are going into these companies where they're short-staffed, and then they're treating that staff as if it's their fault that this is happening and they're taking that out on them. And so I've made a habit of going into places and saying, thank you for coming to work today. (laughs) Thank you for showing up for work today. This is fantastic. I know the line is long, but you came (laughs) and I had the option to stand in this line. And, and so when you're talking about celebrating people and and the choices that they make like let's start there humanity can we start there united states of america and beyond (laughs) yeah and you know when you're getting them to leave and come to work for less when you're getting them to leave the unemployment which does nothing for their self-esteem nothing it's like getting an a in the mail and you didn't study and you don't know what the topic was i mean what does Big deal. Yip, yip, yo. We all know intrinsically whether we did that or not. Yeah. So it puts it on an organization to make what they're doing so exciting that I'm willing to take $100 less a month or a week or whatever it may be because I see the big picture. I recognize that this is an investment. This isn't just not getting my house payment made. And that's all very real. I get that, but boy, get the excitement back. Life is too short to be doing anything other than having the time of your life, regardless of the circumstance. Mm. Oh, that's good. You bring that to the circumstance. Don't let the circumstance take anything away from you. Yes. I love that. I absolutely love that. Wow. Okay. So there's, um, we've, we've covered so much, um, you also say that not one of us has the same fingerprint. So what does that have to do? Cause you said you don't do testing, but right. you, you see everybody for their potential. So we, we know that yeah. much. Yeah. Um, how does that have to do with your approach to meeting new people or finding out a client's needs that you're, that you're working with? You know, 
you mentioned that you had a child at 16. Okay. I could imagine what kind of person you are. Couldn't I? Oh, there's just such a variety of options when you hear that. (laughs) But I already see, here's the difference. Since we all have our own fingerprint, so there's none, not one of us is the same. Why are we trying to people make people more alike than different? Why do we have such an issue with differences? Why aren't we embracing them? What? Because I need to find out what Amber's story is. That was something that happened to Amber. That's not Amber. And what I tell people is the reason I see everybody as beautiful, attractive, fun, ultimately so talented, it would scare them, magnificent, making mistakes, but recognizing the learning in them and are absolutely a marvelous human being that I can't get enough time with. Now, Amber, when I see you and treat you that way, how do you treat me? I reciprocate. You see, it's almost kind of selfish, isn't it? But I would rather make my mind up about you before I met you than meet you and then find out you were pregnant at 16 and start making my mind up about you. Yeah. Rather than that, I'll go, God, what was that like, Amber? One of my favorite quotes is Walt Whitman's uh, be curious, not judgmental. And I think that's what I hear you saying is if you're just curious about the person in front of you, a whole world opens up of exploration and enjoyment. Yes. You don't even know yourself. All you know is what you become. You don't know what you're capable of until you start moving beyond what you've become and what that's what the ceiling is. Yeah. And, you know, a whole nother topic is, is value and fear. And 99, 95% of Americans' corporations today motivate by fear. That's oh, it's another so awful. peel the onion on. It is. You're going to have to come back and we're going to have to unpack that and talk about it because that's, I, I say that so often in my own consulting work is why are we driving results with fear? How's that working for you? Like you don't, you don't like where you're getting or I wouldn't be here. And yet you're still continuing with this fear-based leadership, but just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so you. I've got a question for you uh, because you, you seem like such an open and, and curious and um, insightful person who sees the best in other people. And there's also those times in life where somebody doesn't respect your boundaries or they are toxic or, um, you know, they really, they cause, they cause unnecessary stress in your life or the stress of your team. So how do you go into an organization, a personal relationship, a friendship, whatever, and, and say, okay, I'm going to be all these things and I'm going to have this very open spirit. And then here's how I know where my line is. Yeah. What, <clears throat> when I come across mean-spirited people, and I have, and that's what I classify as, it's a learned behavior. The person is not mean-spirited. They're, it's a learned behavior. Psychopaths are less than one-tenth of one percent of the population. So let's not go, oh, well, you can't be that optimistic. Anyway, <laughs> I, will, I will, you know, if someone says that person's continually to be late, and I will have a conversation with them, and I will talk about, you know, them being on time, and ultimately I'll find out, do you really want to work here? Is yeah. this really an organization, excuse me, is this really an organization where you think is the best in you is going to be able to come out? Mm-hmm. 
Or are you feeling stifled? And if they're going, oh, they won't let me do this. They won't let me do that. And I'll go, well, I, I wouldn't work somewhere that treated me like that. Right. Well, let me, let right? me open the door for you to go find where you fit. Yeah. It's not mean. I'm not punishing them. They don't want to be here anyway. Mm-hmm. And they're demonstrating it through all these toxic behaviors. So let's help them get somewhere where they're going to thrive, where there's other toxic behaviors around them so they don't feel so isolated. Got it. We're not going to, you can't change another human being. The only person that can change is the person themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's trying to change somebody, isn't it? Well, I'm going to try to make them nicer. Why don't you find out if they want to be here to begin with? Yeah. You know, acceptance is a powerful thing. What's that? I said acceptance is a powerful thing. It, you know, I to not get too uh, deep on you, but when you come from love, it can't be fought. It can't be fought because you're, you're not defending anything. You're just right. being open and trying to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Because the more I can as a leader, the faster we can get to allowing everybody to be having the time of their lives. Yeah. So my audience knows my favorite place is hanging out in the deep end. So, so let's just let's just hang out and uh, and wade okay. through that a little bit. Um, unconditional love. That's that's what. Yeah. Truly, yeah. And so if it's unconditional, then you can love that person exactly for who they are, exactly where they are and accept whatever that outcome is, even if it's, if it means it doesn't involve you You bet. without the condition of you. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are so into reciprocation. If I do this for you, then there's an expectation you'll do this for me. We can watch movies like Pay It Forward. You know, we can, we can have all these wonderful concepts and buy the coffee of the person behind us. We can, we can do all of that. But if our intent is not in alignment, if we're, not, if we're doing it so they'll think better of us. Mm-hmm. I did that one time. The first, I thought it was a great concept. And I was in a Starbucks line and I got my coffee and I said, I'll take care of it. Well, they got two breakfasts and four, you know, ventes. And I said, okay, okay. So I paid for it, but then I pulled around the corner to see their expression. You got to keep driving, man. If you're going yeah. to keep driving, don't peek. <laughs> you're like, I need the reward. <laughs> yeah. Now it's conditional. You know, and when people get that, it's almost embarrassing. Yeah. And this is what I find in my education. People internally get embarrassed. And you know what they say to themselves, Amber? I'm not going to do that again. And that behavior changes like that. Because it's a a self-protective, that lizard brain coming back into the story. That was hurtful. I don't want to be hurtful. I don't want to be the sarcastic one. Why am I finding fault with others to begin with? Because I have such dislike for myself. What if I started caring about myself? Well, then I'd start doing things that would allow me to, wouldn't I? Yeah. But that's where the change has got to start. It's got to start from the inside. That old, that's almost a bumper sticker, start from the inside and work its way out. Mm -hmm. But it, it, um, It really has to be something that we embrace. Love thy neighbor like thyself. We find most people do, and that's the problem. 
Yeah. Love my neighbor. Like your neighbor wants to be loved. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Super Bowl game. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have to say, I feel like that. So everyone who's listening, you need to definitely um, download, listen to order on Amazon or, or the website, get a vision and live it from Larry. And then I think it should be paired with a Bob Goff's love does and put those two back to back and see how much your life changes in the next Uh, 60 to 90 days. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. You're a sweetheart. Thank you. Larry, we have had, um, I I have to say, I am a fan of all of my guests, but I was really looking forward to this and it, it still exceeded my expectations. So I appreciate you sharing your wisdom. Uh, Where can, where can Velvet Machete leadership listeners find you on the interwebs? They can go to a pernio, a p e r n e o pernio.com. And, um, geez, after all these years, after 26 years of uh, starting this with a pernio, um, we had never trademarked. So, what I found out about Amazon if you're not trademarked, then people can discount your book and all kinds of weird things can happen. So, don't go to Amazon yet. I think it's okay. only a, but maybe by the time this appears, um, we just finished the Kindle and now the book's ready and not the book's ready, but the trademark has been, has happened. So we're going to go to Amazon. Um, but if they bought it today, which we know isn't going to happen, go to a Pernio. Okay. So we'll put all of that into the show notes. Um, the I always is mindset playbook. Mindset playbook. I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah. And we, well, I said okay. at the beginning, we would talk about that, but squirrel. Uh, yeah, okay. So we will put all of that in the show notes. We will of course include it in, in the weekly newsletter and talk all about this on social media. I think this is one, everyone, we, we have a lot of authors who are a guest on this show. Um, the more sophisticated you get with the type of outcome that you want for your life, the more sophisticated <laughs> you have to get with your strategy, right? So I, I would say go. that this is a uh, approachable yet sophisticated way. Before we depart, I always like to ask our guests, um, is there a final piece of advice that you would like to just be that final thought that people leave with today? I, I would just have you recognize your influence. The fact, no matter how you feel about yourself, you're making a difference in other people's lives. And and we popped out of the womb to make a difference. Everybody does. And the question just to ask yourself is, what kind of difference am I making? Yeah. And that'll make all the difference. I love it. Y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Thank you for being on the show, Larry. Everyone, shoot him a message, find him on LinkedIn. Um, let me know what you think about this podcast episode and um, email me at amber at amberhurdle.com. You know, sometimes a little bit of slow, but I do try to answer every single message. And then, of course, if you enjoy the podcast in general, we would love an honest rating and review on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and um, or, or give us a, a thumbs up, a like on YouTube and leave a comment in there. And we will definitely respond to that. And until next time, I hope that you take Larry's brilliant advice and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. Mentioned resources can be found at amberhurdle.com. Be sure to leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast app. 
and subscribe so you never miss an update. As always, thank you to The Coup for our intro and outro music. See you next time.